0: Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I am so happy to be with you on today. Thankful to the Lord for his grace, his mercy, his patience towards us. Towards me, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know where I would be today. But I'm so grateful to the Lord I'm thankful for him watching over us and keeping us. Want to give the saints time to come in on today. And as you come in, just say, praise the Lord. Uh, Let us know where you're from. Uh, If you're visiting us for the first time, we're glad to have you. Uh, We've been doing this every Wednesday. The Lord has enabled us to continually come before you with the word. And I pray that these Bible lessons have been a blessing to you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, for your mercy. We ask that you would bless us on this evening as we go into your word. Minister to our hearts and to our minds, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God for all of you. The saints of God here in Washington, D.C., in the DMV area, Uh, the saints of God here at the Greater Refuge Temple here in our nation's capital, and those of you who are at our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex, we also have the honor of pastoring, and what a joy it is. The saints of God there who are uh, sitting and anticipating Bible study, the Lord bless you there in the Bronx. Uh, The Lord has been faithful to us, he has been good to us, whereof we are glad. I'm going to be teaching a series out of the minor prophets. I would say for the next four to five weeks, I'll be choosing a book uh, in the Old Testament among the minor prophets to extrapolate or extract a A lesson, something that we need to know and need to do today. The Word of God, all of it, every bit of it, from Genesis to Revelation, is profitable for our correction, yes, uh, and for our reproof. Uh, Whatever we need is in the Word of God, and we will be going among the minor prophets uh, to pull out a message something that we can bite on, something that will help us today. Uh, Although these passages were written uh, years ago, thousands of years ago, uh, it is appropriate for us even today. Uh, These are the last days, and we need a word. We need a word to hold us and to keep us and to mature us because the Lord is coming soon. I'm in the book of Hosea today. On this evening, turn, won't you, to the book of Hosea. I'm in the seventh chapter. One verse I want to use as an anchor scripture for our lesson tonight. And I'm going to be talking about the evidences of spiritual decline. The evidences of spiritual decline. It's important that we have this discussion because these are the last days especially since these are the last days and there are a lot of us a lot of people who are in the church um how can i put it that are not as strong as they consider themselves to be or perhaps not as close to the lord as they consider themselves to be and it's it's time to know uh it's time uh for us really to stop getting ready and 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 be ready, uh, and I know it it's easier said than done. Uh, but the word of God, there are no gray areas. There there is no uh, in between. There is no purgatory. It's either yes or no, in or out. Uh, you either uh, want to be saved. It's it's time. We either want to be saved or we don't want to be saved. And um, I wanted to start here in the Book of Hosea, uh, the seventh chapter, one verse, verse number nine. Listen, listen to what the prophet says in the Book of Hosea, chapter seven, verse nine, and, and I'll, I'll avoid tonight the historical background. I won't get so deeply into that. I'll just deal with the message it says strangers have devoured his strength and he knoweth it not yet gray hairs are here and there upon him yet he knoweth not the evidences of spiritual decline now um, i will say this much about israel and and the prophet is dealing with the children of israel the israelites as being God's elect, God's chosen children. Um, they had this idea, like many of us today, they had this idea that they could dabble and and dip in the things of the world. They could they could worship God and continue to live a life of sin. Uh, and and they they really came to this this type of thinking where they could dabble in the world or in the sins of the world, um, idolatry, immorality, uh, and and that they wouldn't have to deal with the judgment of God. I can do whatever I want and uh, I don't have to deal with the judgment of God. Does that sound like the attitude of many today? Um, so those who believe... They can securely live as believers uh, today without turning away from unrighteous conduct or unrighteous living. Um, and they can live for God without turning away from the worldly passions. Um, listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian church because there are people who really feel this way. Um, but we have to choose Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Um, I I preached a, a sermon years ago. You can't have it both ways. We have to be in or out. Um, so, and there are those again who believe. They, I mean, they strongly believe that uh, they can do whatever, and they'll never see judgment. They'll God will just understand. God just has to deal with this. Um, but the word of God gives us clear warning about this, this attitude, this thought process. Um, listen to what Paul says. First Corinthians, he's talking to the Corinthian church. First Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12. He says, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And Paul was dealing with people, you know, he was telling them about what they need to correct, and there were those who were who were fighting against his instruction, and uh, he's letting them know, uh, you need to know those of you who think he stand he's standing. Take heed, lest you fall. Uh, and I know we we speak in tongues and we have the Holy Ghost, but don't get the big head. We we are still striving, and we still have to adhere to the Word of God. And I know we have our own inner passions and. Uh, Things may be going on in our minds and in our flesh. uh, But the word of God still stands sure. Stands sure. And Paul strongly and strictly warns them. He says, let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Uh, So let's go back to Hosea. It's, It's our foundational scripture. Hosea chapter 7. Verse number nine. The strangers have devoured his strength, and he doesn't even know it. Gray hairs, gray hairs, I'm sorry, are here and there upon him, and he doesn't even know that he has gray hair. Um, sort of like it, it's, it's sneaking up on Israel. He's, he's talking about and prophesying on his own people. Um, listen, I'll go to verse 8, Ephraim, he hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers devour his strength, and he knoweth it not. Gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth it not. And the pride of Israel testifieth to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. So... Um, israel he's, he's dealing with the decline their spiritual decline um today we would just say they were they were backsliding and i know that's an offensive term to a lot of folks in church today because a lot of people don't believe that uh it is possible for someone to backslide um, so for your sake i won't use the term backslide uh, but there is reference to it in the word of God, even so where God says, I'm married to the backslider. Uh, it is it is possible uh, to backslide. It is possible to be in a, a place of decline uh, and be so deceived that you're not even aware that you are in the declining position or in a backsliding situation. So we need to talk about it. I think it's necessary. I'm going to read it one more time. He says, "Strangers have devoured his strength." Hosea seven and nine, and he doesn't even know it. Gray hairs have, are here and there upon him, and he doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. So, uh, the prophet Hosea has a whole lot to say about backsliding, and we, um, and we should. We really should consider the dangers that face us today—that uh, of going into a spiritual decline. However far we may have advanced uh, in in our walk, you know, uh, no matter how long we've been a part of any particular church or reformation, um, it doesn't matter how far you've advanced and how much you've grown in grace. Uh, we always need to take a moment and check ourselves, make sure that we're where we should be. Remember that song, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock, right? And I'm going to read that warning that Paul gave to the Corinthian church one more time, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12, wherefore, let him that thinketh, he standeth, take heed, lest he falls so i really do believe that the prophet here uh in this this just one verse uh this just one little tidbit this nibble in the scripture the prophet has given us a word picture uh, that describes the condition of backsliding people uh or a people in in the midst of a spiritual decline um he gives us a picture of an individual that has gray hairs, but he hasn't even noticed. He hasn't even noticed that his hair is, is getting gray. Uh, and we should ask ourselves this question. Perhaps, uh, are there any gray hairs in our spirituality? Mm-hmm. Is there any sign of decline in our spiritual life uh, or experience, the spiritual decline spiritual decline always begins inwardly and remember we've been teaching a series on holiness and we said holiness begins within so does spiritual decline um, let's let's go to proverbs 14 and 14 and see what it says uh, and here's that word a lot of people don't don't like to hear or they refute it but it says the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. So long before, uh, New Testament reference, even long before the prodigal son uh, went to his father and said, give me all of my inheritance. Before he was a prodigal, before he took off and went off into a far country, uh, he was prodigal in his heart. And yes, there are, there are folks sitting in church. They haven't left. They haven't walked out the building, but they're prodigal in their heart. Uh, but long before he walked out the house, he had already become a prodigal. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 15, the 13th verse. You'll find these words, and not many days after. The younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Hmm. But before he he outwardly walked out the house, there was something going on in his heart. What are the evidences? What are the signs of spiritual decay and decline? Um prophet was talking about it. He said, you you have no strength. Uh, you've mixed with the world, and it's zapped your strength, and you're not even aware of it, and And everything you're doing really is in your own strength. Uh, you, you, uh, the effects of your life, you, you're getting gray hairs, and you haven't even seen or noticed that your hair is turning gray. So let's talk about it. Um, the, the first point that I need to make in, in tonight's lesson again, the foundation scripture Hosea chapter seven verse nine, and the topic of the lesson is the evidences of spiritual decline. And we're beginning this is number one of a series that we're going to be pulling out of the Minor Prophets. So uh, let's let's stay with the reference to gray hairs, right? Because he says there are, uh, he has gray hairs and he doesn't even know it. And um, so the first thing the gray hair may represent is deceit. Because he says the gray hairs are there and the person doesn't even know that he has gray hairs. So, and many believers today are guilty of this. But. Um, because the last thing anybody wants to do is admit that they're not where they should be or that they're failing spiritually or they're declining. Um, consequ- consequently, I should say, uh, when we get cold or slack spiritually, um, you know, we we want to keep the appearance of being all right. Uh, of being devout, we want to keep up appearances, but there's something still going on, on the inside. Uh, and the Bible uh, simply calls that hypocrisy or having a form, but you're denying the power. Uh, let's let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 matthew 15 and 8 this people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me and um you apply that to the songs we sing uh all you know the praise breaks that we enjoy but god is looking at our hearts now i'm, I'm not indicting anyone uh, the word of God comes to correct and reprove, and the same word I'm reading to you applies to me also. Um, so the prophet, uh, no doubt, is is making reference to the fact that the the first the first inclination of spiritual decline is deceit. You you are deceived concerning your own place or your own stature or your own strength. Um, and we're going through the motions, but, on, but inwardly, we're not where we should be. Um, so it's easy. It becomes easy to be insincere uh, or to try to hide instead of saying, Lord, I need you to help me. I want to be real. Um, hmm. Listen to my notes. How easy it is to be insincere and to profess much more than we really possess. Um, Titus, the book of Titus, the first chapter in the 16th verse, Paul says, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Now that's that's some strong talk. Um, But can People in church go, go so far uh, as, as far as being so headstrong and doing things their own way until now they're in a place where they're just going through the motions uh, and they have deceived themselves. Um, so the first indication or the first gray hair, uh, we call, we'll call it the gray hair of deceit. Things are turning and we don't even know it. The second uh, point or the second gray hair, we'll we'll describe it as being the gray hair of adultery. Uh, Verse number four, the gray hair of adultery. Hosea chapter seven, verse four, he says, they are all adulterers as an oven heated by the baker who ceaseth from raising after he hath kneaded the dough until it be leavened. So, um, and let me explain, because over and over again, the prophet Hosea, he, he compares them uh, because they're unfaithful. He compares their unfaithfulness to adultery. Instead of loving God, you love the world. You 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 come to my house, but you really love the world. Um, the affections, your affections, are are uncontrolled and they're divided. You 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 love the idols, and, but and you're saying that you love me. Uh, you're embracing the world and in trying to embrace me, and in some ways you're not even embracing God anymore. You're just embracing the world. So. Uh, Israel's um, effect, affections had become uncontrolled and divided. Um, they were trying to love God and love the world. And in some ways, they didn't love God anymore. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God, abideth for ever. So... Are there things, perhaps, that the people of God are loving more than they love the Lord? Uh, is is there a, a person, place, or thing that you have developed uh, a stronger attachment to than you have um, to the Lord? Um, Matthew 10 and 37. Matthew, the 10th chapter, the 37th verse says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me this is Jesus talking you, you, you have things and people that you love more than you love God and everything that we have here no matter how close we are to them or it it's temporal the only eternal relationship that you have Is with Christ Um, self-will listen to my notes self-will doing just what we want and going our own way is a form of spiritual adultery Isaiah 53 and 6 let's see what the prophet Isaiah says all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of of us all. So to, to turn away from God uh, is of the sin of adultery. To bind with something and someone else and put that above God uh, and put that relationship ab- above your relationship with God is to commit spiritual adultery. So we've talked about the gray hair of deceit, the gray hair. Of adultery, uh, because and we're using the analogy of gray hair, because the prophet talks about this decline in spirituality, and he likens it as a person uh, hair that's turning gray, and they don't even know it, uh, being zapped of their strength, and they don't even know it. Uh, so the gray hair of adultery, the gray hair of deceit, uh, the gray hair of prayerlessness. I believe I taught a lesson on the sin of prayerlessness. Let's go to verse seven, Hosea um, seven and seven. The book of Hosea seven and seven says, uh, they are all hot as an oven and have devoured their judges. All their kings are fallen. There is none among them. Listen to what the prophet said. There is none among them that calleth unto me. All this is going on and there's no one calling me. There's no one praying. Where are the prayers at? Where, where are the intercessors at? People, people are not praying now as they are. This is a fundamental cause of spiritual decline where people push away prayer. Yeah. It's a sure sign of spiritual decline where people don't want to pray anymore uh it is the one sure evidence that a decline has set in my lord thank you jesus how easy how easy it is now to say we're so busy even in the midst of pandemic people are busy 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 right too busy to pray too busy to lay on their face uh we spend so much time watching tv spend so much time doing other things have, even in the pandemic, have we really taken the time to pray? I mean, we should be praying more now than we've ever prayed before. Uh, even even those of us who are busy in kingdom work. We should not become so busy until we don't take the time to pray. Um We need to pray and commune with God. Hallelujah. Pray and commune with God and push all of these outer disturbances out and spend time with God. It's possible that some are guilty of the sin of prayerlessness. Hallelujah. And when we come to a place where we are not praying as we ought or even praying like we used to, there is a possibility of losing out spiritually hallelujah men all always to pray and not faint always to pray and not faint hallelujah there's a song uh, that immediately came into my mind in seasons of despair and grief my soul has often found relief sweet hour of prayer also um the prophet in talking to them is dealing with with that spirit of worldliness so one of those gray hairs we can we can name worldliness i'll take you to the eighth verse hosea chapter 7 verse 8 ephraim he have mixed himself among the people ephraim is a cake not turned it's like a half baked pancake one one side is 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 well done but the, the other side, because it hasn't been flipped, is still batter. Hallelujah. You can't really eat that. That thing is not good for anything. Uh, but uh, that that worldliness. Uh, and he's giving us a perfect description of a worldly child of God. You're 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 saying you're a child of God, but you're we're just as worldly as we want to be, because you're mixing with the nations. You're mixing with the world. Uh, and there are other examples of, of people who are supposed to be connected with God, mixing with the world. Uh, we can go all the way to Genesis. Uh, remember Lot, Genesis 19 and 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Uh, lot had decided remember to to live in Sodom and mix with the world Uh, listen to what is said in the book of Luke chapter 22 verse 54 then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off Mm mm-hmm um I could take you even uh, where it says uh, in Timothy, chapter 4, verse 10, uh, I believe Paul is talking about Demas. Uh, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens, to Galatia, Titus, unto Dalmatia. But his reference to Demas, because Demas has left the work and decided to go back and mix with the world. Uh, But notice uh, if we compare three other scriptures to what I read, um, we talked about Lot, we talked about Peter uh, following, uh, but he was going in the wrong direction. Uh, We talked about Demas who just packed up and walked away from the work. But in Exodus chapter 11, verse seven, it says, but against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord, listen, how the Lord has put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. It was always God's desire that we be different, not mixed with the nations, not mixed with the world, but that we are different. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Yes, we are. A peculiar people. I feel the Holy Ghost right here, and we're not supposed to mix with the world. We're not supposed to be worldly people. We are the children of God. Listen to what uh, David writes in the one hundred and sixth Psalm, verses thirty-five and thirty-six. But were mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare. Unto them, yea, they sacrifice their sons and their daughters unto devils. My God, so this is what happened. Where, uh, and and the psalmist is writing about what Israel had gotten into. They became worldly, and they were now they're doing what the world is doing. They were serving their idols, right? And it became a snare unto them. So when we become worldly, It becomes a snare to us. And now, just like the heathen, the Israelites are sacrificing their sons and their daughters. The psalmist says, unto devils and shedding innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters whom they sacrifice. Listen, they're sacrificing their sons and daughters to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. So we can't mix with the world because if we try to mix with the world, eventually, eventually, if we're mixing with the world, trying to be like the world, doing what the world is doing, hallelujah, there'll be pollution everywhere. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 17, Paul makes it clear, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness, and what concord have Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Hmm. For ye are the temple of the living God; as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my. People. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So it's it's sad really to say that there are many, unfortunately, uh, who refuse to separate. They're not, they refuse to separate. Uh, I won't separate from the world. Uh, They won't sanctify. They won't be separate. They want to be like the world. They want to live like the world. Um, And it's sad, hallelujah, because what Christ has for us is much far better than what the world is offering us. I'm just talking straight talk. Again, it's not an indictment. We're just talking about the evidences of spiritual decline. Hallelujah. So we talked about the gray hair of of deceit, the gray hair of adultery, the gray hair of prayerlessness, um, the gray hair of worldliness. Uh, and there's another evidence of spiritual decline, another gray hair that many are, are not seeing, but is it is the gray hair of unfruitful service. And we talked a little bit about uh, being fruitful on last week, uh, but let's let's get into it because according to Hosea chapter seven, uh, verse nine, listen to these words: "Strangers have devoured his strength, and he doesn't know it." So he's this is a person who's going about their daily duties, and they don't realize that they don't have much strength. Hmm. Wow. Let's compare that to um, Hosea chapter. uh, Let's say Hosea chapter eight, verse seven. It says, for they have sown the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the stranger shall swallow it. Hmm. I'm going to read another scripture for you, then we'll pull it all together because, um, and and let's let's say this: is real fruit, is real fruit resulting then from our walk with God or living for God uh, or for our Christian service, or does it? Is it? Doing something in our own strength, and you and you may not really understand that question. But what I'm really trying to say is, is what you're seeing in in our lives a result of us doing something for Christ, or in our own or doing something in our own strength. Because there's a song that's very true to what I'm trying to say: is only what you do for Christ will last. Uh, because what I read out of Hosea 8 and seven is that you're doing all this work, but you can't even enjoy what you've planted. Someone else is coming and eating it up. And then the work that you're doing, you don't even realize that you're really you're really so weak until you you're not even you're, you're barely making it uh, and you be, and you're trying to do everything in your own strength. Let's go to another scripture, St. John chapter 15, verse 16, where the Lord says, and this is Jesus saying, talking, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. This is what I called you for. This is what I separated you for, that you would bring forth fruit, not only that you would bring forth fruit, but that your fruit would remain. And whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So um, let me just say this. The most exhausting work that anyone can do in all the world is that which is done in the energy of your flesh. Wow, that is most exhausting. This might be why, and it, it could be the reason why some some people are so burnt out spiritually because they've been doing it in their flesh and not according to the leading of the Holy Ghost. It's, it's very exhausting uh, because you're doing it in the energy of your flesh. It totally devours your strength. Um, let me paint this picture. So uh, a person who is just doing it in their flesh. Uh, their service would lack anointing. There's no anointing in it. It sounds good, you know, but there's no anointing in it because they're doing it in their flesh. It looks good, but there's no anointing there, and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. So there's this: the anointing of the Holy Spirit is 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 has has dissipated. It's not there. Let's go to Zechariah chapter. Chapter 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord. Under Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, remember this scripture, Not by might, nor by power, But by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm going to take you back to Hosea, chapter 14, verse 8. The prophet says, Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree, for me is thy fruit found. Let's compare that to John 15 and 5. I am the vine. This is where we were last week. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So the only only way we can really have fruitful service is to do it under the unction and the moving of the Holy Spirit, not in your flesh, not according to your own mind and concepts. It has to be by the leading of the Holy Ghost. He calls us to be fruitful and that our fruit would remain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not by power nor by might, but it's by his spirit. And this is something the Lord said, it's by my spirit. Uh, and, it, and it's not until we get rid of these idols and these things that have taken uh, our, our our zeal and zapped us of our commitment, uh, And until we get rid of all of that. Hallelujah, there'll there'll be no greenness in our walk, in our ministries, and uh, it won't be true fruit. Hallelujah, and I hope you're getting me. Uh, We need to deal with these things. Last week, we talked about the little foxes. Uh, Tonight, we're talking about the the evidences of spiritual decline, and the prophet used uh, the graying of hair, the losing of strength, but the caveat is they're not even aware. They're, they're going on with their service, but they're not even aware that the anointing has left. They're not even aware that the hairs are turning gray. So uh, the hair of unfruitful service. Hmm. Our strength has been devoured. Uh, we're exhausted. We're doing it in our own strength. Uh, and the anointing is not there. My God. But they're still singing. Maybe still preaching. Still going to church. Going through the motions. Having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. So there's another gray hair called formalism. Empty formalism. Formalism. Going through the motions. But there's no power. Um, verse 11, Hosea 7, 11. I'm almost through. I'm not going to hold you too much longer. Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt. They go to Assyria. Now, both Egypt and Assyria are symbolisms of sin and the world. They had become uh, hindrances. To Israel, because they were preferring the things of the world, um, and there's there's something about a dove that many people don't know. Doves are beautiful birds, uh, but they're easily deceived creatures. A dove can be easily deceived. They're considered senseless. Um, so he's he's referencing Israel now as being nothing more than a silly bird. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Hallelujah. My God. Um, God requires, listen, see what God requires according to um, the book of Psalms. There are requirements, and and David says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So there are many people who are professing holiness or professing salvation uh, who really don't possess the new life. The Holy Ghost is not abiding on the inside. Um, The power of God is not really moving them. On the inside, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. Uh, let's go there, shall we? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, so, for those of us who are um, perhaps uh, walking within that persuasion. To turn away from the church, right? Um, it it seems today like the church doesn't want to be the church anymore. Well, if you don't want to be the church, and I don't mean the building, but if we don't want to be the church, then then who are we gonna be like? If we're not gonna be like the church, then we're gonna we're gonna be like the world. If we're not gonna be God's children, then uh, we're gonna be children of the world. Uh, so we we can't. We can't just look the part. We can't just look uh, like saints on the inside, but there, there has to be power on the inside. Hallelujah. Has to be power on the inside. Has to be power, Holy Ghost power, on the inside. We can't just look the part. We have to have that power on the inside. Hallelujah. We can't just be, we can't be formal, formal about this, where we know how to dress. We know we need a Bible under our arm, right? But there has to be truth on the inside. That's the requirement. I read it to you, and I'll read it again. Psalm 51 and 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. I'm at the last gray hair mm mm-hmm. and and here's something, and and, and I won't say it's con- it's controversial, but um, because just like people don't like uh, the word backsliding, you don't want to you don't want to hear that word. We don't backslide when the Bible does talk about backsliding. Uh, so we said for just for you, we'll just say spiritual decline. But there's another hair. A gray hair that we have that many don't recognize uh, but they're moving in that that place of rebellion uh, the gray hair of rebellion uh, verse 13 Hosea 7 and 13 woe unto them for they have fled from me destruction unto them because they have transgressed against me though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. So here, um, you know, Israel had gotten to a place even where they not only spoke lies against God, but they talked back to him. You have robbed me. You know, we're not in the book of Malachi tonight, but but they're talking back to him like, like a sassy child. How did I rob you? What, you know, what have I taken from you? Israel had gotten to a place of rebellion. And uh, it's like that today, um, and and it, it's not just only pulling away, but it's it's a place where you're complaining against God, and this this is where Israel was. Uh, the essence of rebellion is disobedience, uh, and yes, we we can ask God questions, Lord. Uh, I don't understand this. Why this? Uh, I I don't think God. Is he hasn't at least not with me. You can ask him questions, but but not in, not in the, in the sense where you're telling him off or bawling him out or questioning his integrity. Uh, that attitude can bring bitterness. Yeah, um, I ask because I want to know. I want to gain wisdom. I want to understand. Uh, but if my attitude is of such where. I, I have disdain and I'm judging his actions or judging his decision, then I can become bitter and rebellious. And there are a lot of of people in these last days who are guilty of being rebellious, uh, who have some type of prejudice against God's way of doing things. Uh, And they have this gray hair of rebellion and they can't even see it. Um, and, and true, it, it may be, uh, and I'm being nice now, it, it could be attributed to human nature, right, where we're blind to our own faults and we're so busy looking at the gray hairs in other people's head and uh, judging other people's actions until we're not taking time to judge our own. Uh, but there's certain things that we have to do to make sure that we are right with God, even though I can't just preach to you, but there are things that I must do uh, to make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to do, uh, and I don't want to come to a place where I'm judging everyone else, and even coming to a place where I'm I'm judging the move or, or uh, the actions of God, uh, and and that that in Israel was there, they were in that place. Um, so let's talk about some things. There, there, there are three things that I want to talk about right here as it relates to uh, rebellion. The first thing is, um, and, and within that, that spirit or, or walk or attitude of rebellion, uh, you, you, that person or those people or individuals, they don't like to admit the failure or decline. Oh, it ain't me. It's everybody else but me. That You know, where I'm quick to point out the sins in other people's lives. They did this. They did that. They did that. But you don't notice the decline in your own life. That's an indication that you're in a place of rebellion. And I know some of you know that's denial. Well, uh, denial is a big piece of rebellion. My Lord. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28 says, but let a man examine himself. That's a communion scripture. We say it all the time. Before you come to the table, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. But the first, let a man examine himself. Examine yourself. I'm supposed to examine myself. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Listen to these words. Examine yourselves. Wow. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not that your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. So uh, here the Bible is telling us, and Paul says it not only before communion, uh, but he says it again in 2 Corinthians. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine your self whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that your own selves, how that Jesus is in you, except ye be reprobates? Unless unless there's a problem there, you should know whether or not uh, the Holy Ghost is truly abiding on the inside. Are you where you're supposed to be? Examine your self. So, in the, in the midst of a, a rebellious attitude or a rebellious condition, um, you, you, you don't like to admit the fact that you're in a place of decline. That's like going to a doctor, right? And you're sick as a dog, but you don't want to say that you, I'm, I'm not sick. Everything is fine. And you're coughing all in the doctor's face. There's obviously a problem. Right, uh, and he's giving you the medicine, and this is so this is the difference between denial and and rebellion. Denial will always say, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not, but you're, you're coughing everywhere. the evidence is there, right? And rebellion says, you have the medicine, but I refuse to take the medicine. We have the medicine, but we refuse to take the medicine. The second thing is um, we don't look in the mirror enough because the Bible, twice I just read for you where Paul says, examine yourself. So it's obvious, it is obvious that uh, if we are in a place where we have all this evidence of spiritual decline, right? And according to what the prophet is prophesying, uh, you have gray hairs and can't even see them. Then the fact that you can't see them means that you, you're not looking in the glass enough. You're not, you're not looking in the mirror enough. You're not looking in the word enough. You're not, you're not looking in the mirror enough. But the mirror is God's word. The mirror is God's word. Uh, and God's word will quickly reveal if we're going gray. If we spend more time in the word of God, it will quickly reveal where our shortcomings are. This is why when the word of God is going forth, listen, you don't have time to say, oh, they're talking to them, tell them. No, the word is for everybody. Time out for that. Playing that game should should have been over a long time ago. The blame game, the pointing finger game, the preacher's preaching, the teacher's teaching. Oh, sure, tell them, tell them. No, I'm talking to you too. I'm talking to me too. It's time for everybody to look in the mirror. And see their our own shortcomings. Uh, I believe it was uh, Peter who says, no man looks in the mirror uh, and and walks away without making corrections. And I'm paraphrasing. You see your hair needs to be combed. You look in the mirror, you comb it. You see your teeth need to be brushed. Uh, and you looked in the mirror, brush your teeth, make the correction. So it's obvious then uh, if if you're graying, That you're not looking in the mirror enough. We're not looking in the word of God enough. Let's go to 119th Psalm. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thou mine eyes. That I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Because I'm a stranger in the earth. Hide not your commandments from me i want to know your word so i can hide it in my heart so i will not sin against thee open my eyes open my eyes and this is a prayer we should pray lord when we're in the word open my eyes open my eyes help me to see what i need to see help me to change what i need to change help me to live the way i should be living Help me to correct the things that I need to correct. And those things that have no power to correct, Lord, please take it away from me. Hallelujah. We don't look in the mirror enough. No, we we, we look out windows so we could see what everybody else is doing. But I think if the saints took more time to look in the mirror, hallelujah, and, and see, you may have some gray hairs. There's some things happening and i need to deal with it i need to i need to deal with it right so then and so the next thing i need to deal with in the area of rebellion is that we fail to take note of the advice that god offers us we fail to take note of the advice or the instruction of the correction that god gives us when we read his word when we read the word of god right? Or when we hear the word of God, whether it's preached to us or taught to us, the Lord is talking to you. Examine yourself. Search search yourself. Lord, am I, am I measuring up to your word? Am I living according to your word? Am I growing gray? You're looking in the mirror of his word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I, I, I think today, Um, And maybe I shouldn't just say today, but because all, uh, even in the word of God and and leading up to to today, this very moment, that there are those who, instead of being grateful that the Lord is giving us time to make these corrections and to get ourselves together and to allow him uh, to correct those things that we don't have the strength to correct, uh, and, and instead of perhaps even admitting that we need these corrections in our lives, people get, they get resentful. They they, they get defensive and I'm not going to do so and so on. And, and when you read the word of God, Israel was talking to God just like that. <laughs> yes, just like that. Or they, would, they would turn to him for a season and then, turn away again and go back into into sin all you have to do is read the book of judges and see uh when joshua died as soon as joshua died wasn't too long right after that they went they went into sin uh one judge would rise and they they'd be all right for a little while and that judge would die and they go right back uh and Instead of admitting, Lord, we're wrong, we need to get ourselves together instead of looking at themselves and examining themselves. and We have to stop resenting God's correction. We have to stop getting defensive and fighting back and say, Lord, anything you see in me, that shouldn't be. Please take it away. Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. So what's the remedy? Then, and I'm closing out with this. Uh, what is the remedy for these gray hairs that, that the prophet was talking about, right? We, we started out in Hosea uh, chapter 7, verse 9. I'm going to read it to you again. Strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him yet he knows it not. So what is, what is the remedy for these gray hairs? Because the prophet paints a, a picture of, of Israel uh, that these things were happening. They, they had lost their anointing. There was no no godly strength within them. Uh, they were worn out, uh, burnt out, uh, doing things in their flesh, and they had gray hairs. And we, we talked about Uh, The analogy of the gray hair, what they represent, uh, deceit, adultery, prayerlessness, worldliness, unfruitful service, uh, empty formalism, rebellion. Uh, So what is the remedy of this? Because uh, we don't want to be a people that uh, don't want to take the advice of the word of God or the correction that comes through God's Word. We don't want to be a kind of people that very seldom look in the mirror to see if we're measuring up to the Word. And we don't want to be the kind of people uh, who don't want to admit when they're wrong. Lord, I'm wrong. Please help me, Lord. So uh, there are three things. These are the three things that we need to do in order to deal with the gray hairs in our spirituality. Hallelujah. The first thing is we have to perform an honest examination. That's the first thing. an honest examination. Lamentations chapter three. Lamentations chapter 3 verse number 40. I'm going to read this verse, <clears throat> excuse me out of the um, the message Bible. Lamentations 3 and 40. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. Listen to what it sounds like. Let's take a good look at the way we are living and reorder our lives under God, my Lord. See how you're living and line up with the ways of God. Reorder your life under God. I'm not I'm not living a life that's pleasing to him. I need to line up with the word, put myself under under subjection to the word of God yep that's the first way that we deal with the gray hairs that are is killing our spirituality it's zapping we're zapping our strength and it puts us in the place where we are operating in our flesh instead of being led by the spirit so we have to perform an honest examination take a good look at the way you're living And reorder your life under God. That's the first way. That's the first part of the remedy to the gray hairs in our spirituality. Dealing with uh, the evidences of our spiritual decline. The second is there should be an an immediate confession. When you see it, Um, when you travel sometimes, uh, whether it's in the train station, I was in the airport, you might see a sign. Uh, even sometimes when you're driving, you'll see it. If you see something, say something, right? See something that's wrong. You see somebody doing something that they shouldn't be doing. If you see it, immediately they want you to go tell the police officer or dial this number. If you see it, if you see something, say something. Well, It should be the same as it relates to our spirituality. If you see it, right, once it's brought to your attention, there should be an immediate confession. Lord, I'm wrong. Lord, I've sinned. Lord, I said it and I should have said it. No, no, but, 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 no, no talk back, no pushback. When you do an honest examination, the second thing you should do when you see something that sh- shouldn't be there, there should be an immediate confession. First John chapter one. 1 John chapter one, verse nine, it says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. That's in the common English Bible. 1 John 1 and 9, I'll read it again. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. So there's honest examination, immediate confession. Got to get rid of these gray hairs in my spiritual life. Hallelujah. The third, the third thing I have to do as a remedy to the gray hairs in my spirituality and dealing with the evidence of spiritual decline i need to get my i'm getting myself in the place where i'm i'm walking in the spirit of god and developing a strength in god hallelujah because it's not by power nor by might but it's by his spirit the 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 last part of this remedy is constant walking in the light Stay in the light, not in darkness. 1 John 1 and 7, it says these words, but if we live in the light in the same way as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanse us from every sin. So you got to stay in the light. Don't go back to the darkness. If the church goes back to the world, then we're we're no longer, excuse me, we're no longer the church. Child of God, if you go back to the world, then you can no longer say, I'm the church. So you have to continue to live in the light. Remember that song, walk in the light, beautiful light. We don't sing those songs anymore. We need to go back and sing those songs, but we should constantly walk in. In the light. Be led by his spirit. The same way as he is in the light. And if we're all walking in the light. Then we have this fellowship. With each other. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus. His son. Cleanses us from every. Sin. I'm going to stop here. But next week we'll. We'll touch Another. Uh, minor prophet and we're, we're going to deal with um, examination, how to how do we perform this examination? Uh, we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to dig into the minor prophets. Uh, so stick with me, won't you? Stay with me. Follow me as we go through this series in the minor prophets, but tonight we dealt with the evidences of spiritual decline next week we'll deal with uh examination how do we perform uh, further examination in our lives and walk in the things of god um i want to pray for us as a people that we that we won't lose who we are uh and that the church won't get so involved in trying to keep up with the Joneses and to be so acceptable to the world. We, we shouldn't even, we really shouldn't care about wanting to keep up with the world. The world should be looking towards us. I, I, I wanna pray a prayer for all of us that will keep our minds on the Lord, that we'll be steadfast in him abounding in the work of the Lord and that we'll we'll take more time to look in the mirror. We'll take more time. We'll take more time with the Lord. We'll take more time examining ourselves because we all should have a desire to be right with the Lord. We all should have a desire for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together as your children tonight, not pointing fingers, not looking at anyone, but taking a good look at ourselves. Hallelujah. If there's any, if there are any gray hairs in our spirituality, if, if we've been just working out of our flesh and not following your spirit, please forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Blot out our transgressions, restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. Help us, help us Father, help us to be pleasing in your sight. This may not have been a popular lesson tonight, Lord, but I've shared what you put in my heart to share. All of us need to take a good look at ourselves. Hallelujah, because you're coming soon. You're coming to a church that's ready. Help us one by one, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord love you and I love you too. Now, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to pay your tithes and offerings, you may do so. Um, Our technician will put that information on the bottom of the screen. And those of you who are uh, in, in this lesson with us participating in the New York area, uh, Refuge Simple Antics in particularly, they can either pass the basket or you may use Givelify uh, but you may participate in this part of worship we missed you on Sunday I was scheduled to be um, in the Bronx on Sunday uh, but due to the state of emergency that New York State had declared and the hurricane Uh, We had canceled service, but I I thank God uh, that all of you are safe. Uh, And it didn't happen the way they uh, thought it was going to happen. And I thank God for that, uh, that all of you are safe and sound. Uh, But we'll see you soon. Yes, we will. And I love you all there in the Bronx. Uh, Take time. Father, those who are planting seed in this vineyard, those who are paying tithes and offerings, I pray. Hallelujah, that you take their seed and break forth harvest in their lives. Bless every home, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and commitment, those of you here in the D.C. area and those of you in New York who faithfully give to the ministry. Because of you, we're able to continue. We're able to do the things that we do, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, Your gifts do not go unnoticed. And we know that the Lord sees all that you give and he knows the heart behind and the motivation behind your gift. I want to thank you uh, for the love that you show to this ministry. Uh, And if there's anything that you need from us, uh, certainly touching and agreeing in prayer, knowing that God will heal and set free and deliver. And those of you who have testimonies about how you have been blessed Uh, through these teachings, please record yourself. Uh, We will include your testimony in our Wednesday evening Bible study so the people of God can see uh, that you are being blessed. Share your testimony with us. A technician will put that on the screen. We would love to hear your testimony. All right, until next week, you know what I'm going to say. Until next week, I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and yes, be holy. Shalom, shalom.